That's a good song, isn't it? It's real challenging and, and convicting and uh, has great truth to it. Well, we're going to jump right into the message. And I just want you to know that you are in the middle of a series entitled Protect the House. Protect the House. We actually started it on Mother's Day when we talked about a, a godly woman and how her spirituality and being the emotional leader of the home protects the house. Then we talked about how the men are to be the sacrificing Savior there from Ephesians 5, how they are to be sacrificing and their sacrificial lifestyle communicates love to their wife. It is one of the ways communicates love to their wives so that their home is blessed by the sacrificial lifestyle of the husband. Ephesians 5 talks about uh, the wife's responsibilities, and it also talks about the husband's responsibilities. And again, we're going to come back to the husband's responsibilities that you're going to find because we're in a tough family series called Protect Our House. And I'm telling you, our homes are under attack from every direction. And men, you and I are called, husbands, you and I are called to protect the house. If somebody broke into your house tonight or was going to break into your house tonight and you saw that as a threat to your family, I mean, you would get the guns, the knife, the weapons. I mean, you would get everything you could to protect your house, to protect the loved ones in your house. So today we're talking about, again, how to protect those loved ones in your house. And I think that you're going to hear some things tonight or this morning that you've never heard before. We don't talk about this enough. We don't preach it enough. We don't share it enough. And if you're married, men, this is for you. Gentlemen, if you're not married but thinking about married, you may not consider it after we get done with the message this morning. But man, I hope you take heed to the, to the words of God as we, as we look that if the husband's going to protect the house, today we're going to look that he must be the sanctifier of the home. Everybody say the word sanctifier. Say it again, sanctifier. You have to understand, men, if you're going to protect the house, you will be and must be and have to be the sanctifier of the home. The goal, again, of this series of messages is to look at marriage biblically, not socially. we got too many people getting married for social reasons. I want you to have theological reasons because social reasons will not protect your house. Social truth will not protect your house, but theological truth will protect your house. And so we need to build our house on what thus saith the word of the Lord. God boils down this whole protect the house issue into two words from Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33. Turn there in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33. And this is what he says, Ephesians 5, 33. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. There you have the two cornerstones of what it is to have a biblical marriage. You have husbands, love your wives sacrificially. Wives, respect your husbands. Wives, respect your husbands. See, you are the sanctifier 
in the home. I hear a lot of guys say, Pastor, my wife has changed. So when we were dating, she was quiet. She didn't say much. After she said, I do, the poor thing hadn't hushed up. She's changed. Pastor, she's changed. She, I thought she, I was marrying this submissive woman, and she has just bossed me around ever since the wedding day. She's changed. You say, Pastor, you know, I, uh, I thought I was marrying a woman who could cook. So we didn't have dinner at home. Bless her heart, she wants me to take her out to eat every night of the week. You say, Pastor, she's changed. She probably hasn't changed in the way you think she's changed. She's probably just changed back to what she was before she started dating you. But when we date, dating isn't reality, is it? I mean, is it? I mean, really, dating? I mean, it's just, oh, my goodness. I, I need to spend a whole series on, on dating just for these folks over here because every time I say dating in reality, they just look at me like I'm clueless, and believe me, they're the ones that are clueless. Amen? The Bible says husbands love your wives like... Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Now, the reason we're to sacrificially love our wives is found in verses 26 and 27. The mandate of loving our wives is in verse 25. The reason or the resultant is found in verse 26. It says that you and I, as husbands, that we might sanctify her. If you have an NIV Bible, it says to, the, uses the word holy. I like the word sanctify better. And having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word that he might and present her to himself, a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. See, God not only wants you to be the sacrificing Savior of your home, men, but he also wants you to be the sanctifier of the home. Listen, if you're going to protect your house, guys, you have got to be the sanctifier of the home. You just got to man up and accept that responsibility that God's given you. Now, the word sanctification is a great word. It's a wonderful theological word that simply means to set apart as unique or special. To set apart as unique or special. To sanctify something in the Bible was to take something that was problematic, that was sometimes rank or even sometimes evil, and, and to give it to God for his unique and special use. In the Old Testament, a lot of times Israel would do battle with the Persians and the Hittites and the Canaanites. And when they would conquer their lands and their peoples, they would take their lands and their peoples and the things of those peoples and that land and they would sanctify it. They would set it apart for God's unique or special use. It was not a part of God's unique special use. Now they're going to sanctify it, include it in God's unique and special use. And so, and it comes under, and, and, it, and so when we talk about sanctification, when a man sanctifies a woman, he sets her apart from her past towards a better future. 
See, in, in a marriage ceremony, there's this great disconnect that happens. And it doesn't happen when they kiss. I know y'all love to kiss one, one thing, you know. That's not when it happens. When you exchange vows, there is this big disconnect that takes place. Where a woman has decided, where a woman has decided that her future with you, men, is better than her past without you or with her parents. So she has decided that she will spend the rest of her life with you because she figures, she believes, she anticipates that her future with you will be better than her past without you. So she disconnects from that primary relationship of her family and connects to you as her now primary relationship as husband and wife. And in that primary relationship now as husband and wife, you are setting her apart in your home for a unique and special use so that her future with you, men, will be better than her past without you. Did I explain that well enough? Sanctification. You see, when this happens... The man sanctifies her as setting her up as unique and special with regards to the future over and against the past. You see, if you're saved here today, it's because you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you believed in him as your sin bearer, having died on the cross for your sins, had risen from the dead, at the point of faith in the finished work of Christ, you received Christ as your sacrificing Savior. But it was a two-for-one deal. You got a two-for here. You didn't get just a Savior who would save you from the depths of your sinfulness and save you from a road to hell. He not only saved you, but he says, hey, I want to hang with you and I want to sanctify you. I want to help you go from what you were without me to something better and a better future that you'll have with me. I want to set you apart for a special use in my plans and in my kingdom. Not only do I save you, Jesus, says he says I sanctify you now man I'm telling you the good news of salvation is not only that he saves but he sanctifies he sets us apart for his unique and his special use and when you have the right kind of savior you automatically have incorporated an ongoing sanctifier Men, your presence in the home is to have a sanctifying effect on everyone in your home. Your presence in the home ought to be such that it sets everyone, your wife and your children, apart for special use in the kingdom of God. And that the future with you is better than their past without you. Now, if your wife is like Job's wife, and she looks at you and says, why don't you just curse God and die? You're not doing well at this sanctifying thing. She's looking at it that my future without you is going to be better than my past with you. That's not sanctification. That's ruination. That's, 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 that's like you are in serious trouble. Rahab in the Bible in the Old Testament is an example of this sanctifying effect on the home. She was a prostitute. I mean, she was a sorry individual. 
She had nothing good to bring to the table. And Rahab, when the spies came in from Israel to spy out the land, when they came in to check out the land and the king's guards were after them, they heard something was up, they went to this prostitute's house and she protected them, she hid them, and she provided for their escape. Because she made and because she protected them and hid them and provided for their escape, they promised that they would bless or sanctify her house, that her house would be set apart and unique from every other house in the city of Jericho. They were going to come in and level Jericho, but they promised her that her house would be sanctified, that her house would stand. And on that day when every house fell, all those in her house would be saved. And so on the day that the walls fell and, and, and Israel invaded Jericho, the whole town was leveled, demolished, destroyed, but yet Rahab's house was saved because she had a sanctifying effect on all of those that were in her home. So much to the degree that they were welcomed into the Israel nation and Rahab became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Men, you're to have a sanctifying effect on your home. Men, you're to be the sanctifier that by your unique and special relationship to God, you protect the house. The purpose of sanctifying your wife is so that you can sanctify your home. The goal of sanctification is setting apart for a unique and special use. The goal of sanctification is to change something from what it was to what it ought to be. Jesus Christ, when he saves us, saved us from what we were to what we ought to be. Amen? And we all got a lot of stuff, don't we? You heard about the guy who fell in love with a girl? He heard her singing. He didn't know what she looked like, but he heard her singing. You know? Sometimes we just don't really know what we got till we get it. And, and he heard her singing. He fell in love with her voice. I mean, just boom, right away, fell in love with her voice. I don't recommend this, but he fell in love with her voice. Tried to find her. She was sitting on a beautiful park bench singing a beautiful song. She was a beautiful woman. That chance meeting set up a coffee date. The coffee date turned to a dinner date. And the dinner date eventually revolved and evolved into a, a, a wedding date. And so they got married. And it was a beautiful thing. She sang to him. She had a beautiful voice. And he was mesmerized by her voice. And he was mesmerized by her beauty. The wedding was over and they went to the hotel room to get ready for the wedding night and he was excited and she was excited and, and, and all of a sudden things began to take a terrible turn. As she was getting ready for the wedding night, he, he watched with shock as she took off her hair and took off her wig. She reached in and pulled out her lower plate and her upper plate. I'm thinking, but now I'm talking like that. I guess he'd never seen her without makeup, so she was starting to wash off her makeup in a minute. He just couldn't take it anymore. And he said, sing, woman, sing, for pity's sake. Sing, you got to sing. See, sometimes you don't know what you get until after you got it. The fact of the matter is we all got changing to do, don't we? In our war on terrorism, 
In our war on terrorism, there's the Army Rangers, there's the Delta Force, there's the Green Beret, the Navy SEALs, which have been very much in the news recently. These are people who were cut out of the military crowd. They are set apart for special duty. They're not your ordinary soldiers. They're cut from the rest of, of, the, of the men, of the force, for special assignment. Listen, men, God has cut you out as husbands. God has cut you apart from the rest of the crowd. You're God's special forces to protect your home by being the sanctifier in the home so that you can take your home from where it was to what it ought to be. And you'll do that because you're the sanctifier in the home. So how do you sanctify the home? Look at verse 26. Verse 26 says, by the washing of the water with the word. He says, by the washing of the water with the word. Now, fellas, here's something that's fundamental to who you are as a husband, but most of us don't want to hear it. As a matter of fact, not only do most of us not want to hear it, most of us don't even want to embrace it, but what I'm about to tell you will change your marriage if you will do it. It will help you change your marriage because it assumes that you have first been changed as well. Because what, I, what he says here is that every man is to be his wife's sanctifier, which means you are to be your wife's pastor. Now, I see some of you men, you're looking at me going, well, wait a minute, and then what we pay you for? Some of you going, mmm, not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. We pay you to do that, buddy. Listen, I pastor this house. So that you can come into this house and hear the word of God. Because you know the congregation in your house better than I do. So you can hear the word of God in this house. So you can take the word of God back to your house and teach it to your congregation. Fellas, you got to be the pastor of your home. I expect to see your wife in this house two days, or two times a week. She better see you being the pastor of her house seven days a week. You are the sanctifier in the home. You sanctify her by the cleansing of the washing of the water with the word. See, I'm convinced that most women are wired that if they're shepherd biblically, if they're loved sacrificially, if they have a pastor in the house, then they won't have a problem following the leadership of a husband. But fellas, if you're not the spiritual leader, if you're not the spiritual head of the home, then you're probably most likely no head at all. If your wife has to constantly bypass you to get to Pastor Mike to see what Pastor Mike has to say it, I'm telling you, you are not the pastor of your home. Now, I'm not saying, ladies, you can't come to me. I'm just saying you need to go to your husband first. You say, well, my husband in the sanctifier of the home, he in the pastor of my home. What do I do? You pray from now to the end of the message that he comes to the altar and accepts the challenge. Because you see, we have to be men who embrace this call of sanctifying. It's because I'm convinced. When couples get married, they don't just marry the wife. 
And the husband, they marry every experience, good or bad, that's made or her. Every parenting experience, every relationship, every, everything that they've had, good or bad. She didn't. And, and, and all of those things that she didn't want you to see. That you now see after you get married. See, some of you guys are sitting back there, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, if I knew what I knew about her then, I wouldn't have married her. You know what she's thinking? If I knew what I knew then about him, I wouldn't have married him either. See, you saw her dressed up with makeup on. She treated you nice. She didn't roll her eyes. She didn't huff. She didn't, uh, she let you have the remote anytime you wanted. You didn't know about the dark side. See, the fact of the matter, all of us have a dark side. In church membership class, y'all look holy. Y'all smell holy. Y'all walk holy. Y'all act holy. In membership class. But then I get to know you. And I realize that we all, every Sunday, every person in this house comes to this house bringing baggage with them. And so what the sanctifier of us all, Jesus Christ, wants to do is he wants to take us from where we were, those things that baggage and those things that bound us and bind us and, and would hinder our relationship with Christ. And he wants us to break free of those things and from the chains that hold us and keep us from being all that we are in Christ. So he wants us to break from that past so that we can have a better future with him. He sanctifies us. See, every husband is to be the pastor of his house. Let me tell you how strongly the Bible words this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34. Paul's writing to a church that really had a lot of problems with this whole aspect of worship. They were having trouble. Matter of fact, this is that passage where it says, let women keep silent in the church. And Paul was addressing the cultural issues of the day. And in that day, the women were not to speak. In fact, women had no status until Jesus Christ and the apostle Paul in the early church came along and, and elevated that and changed that. But we all know that women should keep silent in the church. We all know that verse, verse 34, and we just go, that's it, but there's more to the verse says, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. Then look at verse 35. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husband at home. For it is shameful for the woman to speak in church. There's a dual aspect to that shamefulness for the woman to speak in the church. One, it broke the cultural norm of that day. All right? And so that kind of brought shame on that. And we all know that, that, that you know, in our culture today, women sing and women teach and, and, and women fill um, a lot of positions in our church and that kind of thing. But what I think is another part of that shame is that there, are, there were men in the church who could not take the word of God and explain it to their wives. Can I just be honest? Man, if you're going to be the pastor of your house, you got to come to this house in order to learn how to open up this book and take it back to your house and minister to your own private congregation. 
When I went to Bible college to learn how to pastor, I had to go to class. I thought it was going to be easy. They didn't tell me about you all in Bible college. They didn't tell me you'd have problems. They didn't tell me you were messed up. They didn't tell me you'd have bad days. They didn't tell me problems would come in your life. So I had to go to class. And in class, I had to learn. And what did I learn? I learned about this book. Men, if you're going to be the sanctifier of the home, if you're going to be the pastor, the pastor in the house, then you have got to be a student of this book so that you know how to take this book when there is a spiritual question in the home so that you can look to God's word and see the truth of God's word, the veracity of God's word, and see what thus saith the word of the Lord, and then pastor your family, shepherd your family to follow the truth of this book. The sanctifier in the home. Let me tell you how Jesus pastors. Jesus, when he pastors, doesn't just tell you the wrong stuff you do. And I don't pastor that way. At least I try not. I was typing this up on the way home after my dad's 80th birthday. Drove down there real quick and had a, had a, had a birthday party. Am I writing him down? And she says, oh, you're not going to get on everybody again, are you? And I quoted 1 Corinthians 14, 34, let women be quiet in the church, you know. No, I didn't. But here's the, here's the thing. Let me tell you how Jesus is He doesn't just tell you what's wrong with you. You know, if every Sunday you came to church and all you got was beat up. You know what I mean? If every Sunday you came here to Kirby and you hear, heard me get up here and preach, say, you sorry, no good, nothing Kirby members. I'm sick of y'all. Fed up. I'm aggravated with y'all. I know the way you've been living. I'm tired of it. Heathens, pagans are y'all. Matter of fact, I love the heathens and the pagans better than I love you folks. I come every Sunday to church, preach my lungs out, my face gets red, the little veiny thing on my neck goes, and y'all wonder if my face is going to explode. And you never change. And I'm sick of looking at y'all. Man, if I did that every Sunday, you'd either stop coming or stop listening. But the point is, you'd stop. Fellas, if all you do is beat down your wife emotionally, she may stay married to you, but she'll stop coming and she'll stop listening. See, I assume that most of you don't mind when I point out what's wrong because you already know what's wrong. You don't come to hear me tell you what's wrong. You come so that I can help you find out how to do what's right. And husbands, I think that's what you need to do is pastor of your home is the sanctifier. So let me talk to you pastors out there. If all your wife hears is that she's wrong, that's not shepherding. Pastor doesn't skip what's wrong. But a pastor comes alongside you and lifts you up and gives you hope. Jeremiah says it's one of everybody's favorite verses. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans not to harm you, but plans to give you hope and a future. See, men, if we're going to protect the house, we've got to be the sanctifier 
of the house. Sanctification is an act, or salvation is an act. Sanctification is a process. And most wives I know will take a little something every week instead of two or three big things a year in the area of your spiritual leadership. Sanctification is an ongoing process of change. You say, well, why is it taking for so long for my wife to change, preacher? Jesus is probably asking you the same question. Why is it taking so long for you to change and be the sanctifier of the home, to be the pastor of the home, to be the spiritual leader of the home that he calls you to be? You say, well, what's the result? Look at verse 27. Verse 27 says that he might present to her a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, without any other blemish but holy and blameless. You see, what, remember the day you got married and she got ready for you. And she brought the, the gown and had her hair all done and Nails done, face done, everything was done. You looked at her and you thought, yes. Because guys, I know what you were thinking. You weren't thinking about sanctification. I know exactly what you were thinking. You were thinking, oh, 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 she is fine looking. She got ready for you so that because that day was so special, she was making a disconnect from her parents because she believed fully that her life with you in the future would be better than her past without you. And so she believed that you would set her apart in your heart for special and unique use. And now God's entrusted you two together as a home. And one day Jesus Christ is going to return. Some people call it the second coming of Christ. There's many different pictures of it in the Bible for the Christians. There's this whole wedding metaphor or wedding analogy that when Jesus Christ comes again, he comes as a, as a bridegroom ready for the bride. And so fellas, as being the sanctifier of the home, you're to help her get ready for the wedding that's still coming. So that when Jesus comes... When Jesus comes, you present to her a bride, a, a wife that's without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle, wrinkle with, that is glorious and splendor and majesty because of a lifetime you've lived together and that lifetime lived together is better because you were her sanctifier. So here's the question, because most of you have never heard a message like this. Most of you are not the sanctifier in your home. Will you accept the responsibility to be the sanctifier, the sanctifier in the home? Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for just a moment? Men, would you just be honest? I mean, man, this is one of those things your wife already knows. If you are not, you already know if you are not. 
well, why don't you just today embrace this role that God's called you to? Why don't you embrace the biblical teaching of Ephesians 5 and help her get ready. Be the sanctifier that by the, your very presence being the family's pastor that you live in spiritual truth and you embrace that role as being the sanctifier of your home. Because the devil's going to attack your home. And then if you're going to protect your house, you've got to be the sanctifier. The Holy Spirit will do his work. Jesus Christ will do his work. But you have to do your work and be the sanctifier. I just want to pray for every husband here. By the way, if you're engaged to somebody and they're not the sanctifier in your relationship, put everything on hold until they embrace that. Teenagers, if you're dating some little hottie and he's sweet and he's cute and he's nice to you, but he's not your sanctifier, and technically can't be till after you're married. But if he doesn't help you be a better Christian because of your relationship, then you need to put that thing on hold. Father, I want to pray for every husband who's in this room. Every one of our wives has brought baggage into the relationship. Nobody married.